Good morning, church. How are y'all doing this morning? This is Christian Lowry. Everybody say hey to Christian. He is going to read our scripture this morning. John chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent, they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Great job, Chris. Everybody give Chris a hand. Man, it is great to be with you here this morning. My name is Ryan Lee. I'm with White Street Road, of course, and One Kingdom. I want to tell you, we are selling T-shirts in the lobby. All the proceeds are going to go to our mission in Athens. But I also know that everybody loves free stuff, right? So I got, does anybody not have a One Kingdom T-shirt and needs one? My man right here. How about that right there? How about anybody over here? Let's go. I want to go deep. Who's got deep? Let me see if I can get this one way out there. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Nice catch. Nice catch. Beautifully done. I'm going to feel that tomorrow. Uh... But I just want to tell you, we're excited to be here with you today and share what's going on uh, in other parts of the world. And really one of my favorite uh, missions, which is taking place in Athens. And what I believe is one of the most successful and one of the most powerful discipleship efforts in the whole world. Uh, but before we do, I want to tell you a little bit. First, uh, One Kingdom, I want to remind you, One Kingdom is not a separate organization from White's Ferry Road. One Kingdom is a ministry of this church. So I want each and every one of you guys to feel a part of what we're doing. We have an office right up here. They call it the third heaven on the third floor. Uh, y'all can come up anytime, visit us, to, uh, see what, what's going on. We'd love to share with you what's going on because you guys are a part of this ministry. But before we do, I want to get into the scripture that my man Christian read. We're going to go into John chapter 1, verse 35 through 42. So John the Baptist is here. He's with a couple of his disciples. He's speaking to him. He says in verse 35, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Another translation says, behold, behold, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them and following and asked, what do you want? Now, that's a big question, right? What do you want? When I think of that question, what do you want? I'm often thinking about, uh, when I asked Miranda, my wife, what do you want for dinner? Any other guys have that issue? What do you want? You know, what's the typical answer when, when you ask your wife what you want? I don't care. I don't care. Okay, cool. All right. So you, how about Italian? Eh, I'm not really feeling Italian. Okay, all right. You know, I love Chinese food. It's okay. Okay. How about Chinese? Eh, I don't know. It's a little salty for me. I thought you said you didn't care, babe. You know, I don't care. Well, I found a place that has solved this problem. In Muskogee, Oklahoma, where our friends Larry and Kathy Bowles go to church, there is a restaurant called the I Don't Care Grill. (laughs) Praise God for the I Don't Care Grill. So I, I know all my men up there in Muskogee are like, hey, babe, what do you want? I don't care. Cool. They all... So I'm like, hey, Monroe, West Monroe, can we get an I Don't Care Grill down here? Because it'll solve a lot of issues. It'll heal a lot of marriages, right? 
But think about this. What, what do you want? That's a big question. That's a really big question. And it's not, on, it's not an accident that he turns to these disciples and says, what do you want? In other translations, it says, what are you seeking? What are you seeking after? And when I think about that question, if I'm examining myself, what do I want? I have to examine my prayers. What am I asking of God? What am I asking of Jesus? What am I asking of the Spirit? And in our prayer life, a lot of times we're, we, we seek different things. We seek maybe uh, it's, it's professional blessings, right? Maybe some of us, I work in the college ministry, they're all looking for jobs, which, by the way, if, you, if you're hiring, let me know. I'll send you somebody. They're all looking for jobs, or maybe you got a job, but you're looking for that next promotion. Or maybe you just got the promotion, but you need a raise. Maybe money's a little tight. Maybe finances have been tough, and we're praying for, for rescue in, in our finances. Or maybe relationships. Maybe you're looking to get married. Maybe you are married. Maybe things are going well. Maybe things aren't. What do we want in our relationships? We want them to be better. We want them to be fulfilling. Maybe some of you are in a deep, dark pit in your marriage. And you've been praying daily for God to heal that. Maybe it's in healing, just healing in itself. We have a lot of sickness. We have a lot of need. We have a lot of injuries. We have family members, cancer, disease, surgeries. We're, we're constantly, these are things we're asking of. All these things I'm naming, they're not bad things, right? These are requests. And don't hear me wrong here. God wants us to bring his requests to him, does he not? But many times... We get so focused on the things of God and not God. How many times are we thinking about what can you do for me rather than I just want to know you? And when I look at this passage, look at verse 38. He asked the disciples, what do you want? And what's their answer? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? In other words, where are you going? I want to be with you. I want to be with you. I don't care where you're going. I'm just following you. You see the first line, as soon as they saw them, they followed Jesus. And then the question next is, what do you want? Where are you staying? Because I want to be there. Many times we're so focused on what Jesus does and not who Jesus is. Let me tell you something. Jesus is enough for you. He is enough for all of us. He's enough for me. He's enough for you. But so many times we come to him and what will he do for us instead of who he is? He just wants a relationship with you. He just wants to know you. And our desire, what do you want, is just to know him. And let me tell you, there's blessings that follow. Because when you get to know Jesus, when you get to know him, you, you have a deeper and deeper relationship, guess what? You do get blessings. Guess what? Your marriages are healed. Your sicknesses are healed. You get rescue. You get power. You get grace. You get mercy. You get everything that comes with Jesus. But you've got to know him first. So examine your prayer life. What is it that you are seeking? Are you seeking the things of God or are you seeking God himself? The second thing that happens here in verse 40, I'm going to read on. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. In verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. So there's two things that happen here when you have an experience with Jesus. One, you just want to know him more. I want to know you more. I want to be with you. I want to follow you. I don't want to have a minute without you. But that experience 
is so powerful. I know you guys have all had it. We should be so passionate that we should be seeking others to bring to Jesus. Immediately what Andrew does is he says, man, I got to go tell my brother. I got this is this is too good. This is too good for me to just sit around. I got to tell somebody and bring him to Jesus. That's our mission, right? That's our mission. The Great Commission. Make disciples. Make disciples who love God, love others and share Jesus. That's what this whole church is about. That's what one kingdom is about. That's what we as Christians should be about. And that's happening in Athens, Greece. Many of you guys know the story, right? So former Muslim refugees are fleeing their nations. Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, northern Africa. They're, they're, they're fleeing religious oppression. They're fleeing violence. They're, they're, they're seeking asylum in Europe. Well, the only way to get into Europe is through Athens from that part of the world. It's like its own Ellis Island. And they are flooding the gates just like Ellis Island was flooded back when this country was started. And they're there trying to find a new home, a new hope. And what many of them are finding, thanks to a discipleship ministry, is they're finding Jesus. And what's happening is they're having such an amazing experience. They're having that experience with Jesus that they, one, want to follow Jesus. They dedicate their whole lives to Jesus. And then, two, they got to tell everybody else about Jesus. So much so that they're not just telling the other refugees that are in Athens, but they want to go back to their home countries, which is, by the way, not safe, to get the message out. And they're doing everything they can to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's why that mission is such an exciting mission. And we want to share with you a little bit of this. Uh, last fall, we sent a team, uh, a One Kingdom team, to Athens to visit with our great friends Larry and Kathy and the discipleship ministry that's taking place in Athens. And we want to share with you a little bit about that this morning. One of the most exciting and successful works One Kingdom is blessed to be a part of is the refugee ministry in Greece. That's why we couldn't wait to embark on our latest journey to Athens. We arrived in Athens last night and were greeted by our friends Larry and Kathy Bowles. It was so good to see them. They were last in West Monroe in January of this year and it was just good to be reunited with our friends. They took us to our hotel and we checked in, had dinner and just caught up and uh, told stories, laughed and, and got prepared for the week that's going to be. The first full day that we were in Athens, we were invited to a wedding. such a blessing for us to be there. The blend of cultures was amazing. You had, uh, you had Persian culture, you had uh, Dutch culture, you had Greek culture, and then of course with us there, you had an American culture. What was most amazing was that what we all had in common, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. I run to 
Arrivals on the eastern islands in the Aegean Sea have increased from an average of 15 a day to almost 100 a day in the last six weeks. All are seeking asylum in Greece. The problem is that the process isn't that fast here on the islands of the eastern Aegean. The EU-Turkey agreement has turned them into a buffer zone absorbing new arrivals. In the camp, a dozen Syrian Kurds went on hunger strike for a week. They've been denied asylum because Turkey is considered a safe country for Syrians to return to. Shia Ismail says he'd rather die here than be deported. Syria is not a safe place for me, okay, because of war. And Turkey is not a safe place for me because they are our enemies. Where should I go? On any given day, there may be anywhere from 500,000 to a million Muslim refugees living in Athens. Men and women are fleeing their home countries of Iraq, Iran, and Afghanistan, as well as countries in North Africa escaping religious oppression and violence. Most of the refugees flee west through Turkey as they make their way to Europe in hopes of starting a new life. The majority have never even seen a body of water and then are taken in many cases by smugglers at the cost of their life savings across the treacherous Aegean Sea in rafts. Many don't survive the trip. If they do, they are taken to the Isle of Lesbos in Greece where they find a temporary home in the Moria refugee camp. The camp was built to house 3,000 people but is now home to close to 15,000 refugees. Because of the overcrowding, the living conditions are a nightmare, and it is a haven for riots and violence. The goal is to trek from Lesbos across the Aegean to Athens in hopes of finding work, food, and a new community. Tonight we are on the roof of Agape Church, and in a few moments just below us, just a couple floors below us, we're going to serve a meal to about 300 to 400 Farsi-speaking people. For many of them, they're going to be hearing the gospel for the very first time, and in their own language. And the word has gotten out, and these dinners are full. Every night there's three to 400 people. And before dinner, of course, um, they are, they're welcomed they're told that they've got a place to shower, a place to bathe, uh, dental care. They're pointed for, for medical attention if need be. Um, and, uh, and most importantly, they're, they're given the gospel. What's cool is that this ministry started off with American missionaries doing most of the work. People like Larry and Kathy Bowles. They would cook and serve meals. They'd set up and clean up. Uh, they'd, they'd preach the word. But now, when you look at it, the volunteers are former Muslim refugees who are now disciples, and they're looking to make more disciples. And so the operation has been turned over to them and given to them. And most of the people, because Athens is door of Europe, most of refugees coming here, they won't go to other countries. And this is great opportunity for us, even short, uh, time or, or long uh, to share the gospel with them and when they become a believer or they move to other country uh, that's uh, like I can't say close to 2,000 people become a believer and they move to all the Europe
In Athens, you know about the Acropolis or the Acropolis. Acro meaning high and polis meaning city. So here we are in Acro-Corinth. This is High Corinth. And as it came to naming the Acro Center, um, I needed an acronym and nothing was better than Acro for Athens Christian Refugee Organization. And it just reminds me of Proverbs 18.10, where it says, The name of the Lord is a mighty tower, it's a fortified height, to which the righteous run in and are set safely on high. So Larry and Kathy Bowles have been leading the Acro Center for almost eight years now. And every Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have a discipleship training class. The class is typically about six weeks. Uh... About five, six, seven years, six or seven years ago, I met uh, Brother Larry, uh, and one of the teachers really like, and he so passionate, especially teaching the Muslim and evangelize. And so we meet uh, meet each other, and he start uh, also uh, teach me the curriculum that he teaching. And after uh, he start the Acro Center discipleship class, and I attend, and our, even our church attend to the, those disciple class. About evangelists, how to be a disciple, how to follow Jesus. And we were invited to sit in on, on one of the courses. The course that we uh, sat in was actually an advanced level training class. And uh, it's a deep dive into the Word. And here it's the, the refugees are taught uh, how to study the Bible, how to interpret the Bible. They're taught things like exegesis and hermeneutics. Um, and, but most importantly, they're taught about the deity of Christ. One of the challenges that they face uh, in, in their, their former religions is that, that uh, Jesus uh, was not the Son of God. کلاسایی که من شرکت میکنم در محسسه آکرو سنتر خیلی به من کمک کرد در شناخت بیشتر خدا و این دعای هر روزه من بود که خداوند ها میخوام تو رو بیشتر بشنسم و راهی رو به من نشون بده و خداوند از این طریق بیشتر خودش رو به من نشون داد و شناخت سانی مورنگ ویر انوائیت تو اتند چرچ ویر ایر نو فرنز ایر کریس لوب چرچ which is pastored by our new friend, Javad. This is one of my favorite things uh, as working with One Kingdom is to worship in different cultures and different styles because, again, we're all worshiping the same God. And to hear the singing, um, you know, of course, we're, they're, they're singing in Farsi, uh, and so we don't really know the words. It's, it's tough to sing along, but sometimes it's, it's so great to stop and listen, to listen to the voices, to listen to the hearts. As soon as we walked into the room, you could feel the Holy Spirit was in this place. The smiles, the hugs, the, the, the affection that was given, um, it just felt like home. Sunday night, we, re- we visited the studio of Javad and Murdad uh, in Aram, where they produce 
um, discipleship broadcast videos. They put these on YouTube, they put these on Facebook, uh, and they've made over 170 videos uh, speaking about the gospel. Uh, honestly, I was blown away. We, we knew that they were uh, putting these videos out. We didn't know how um, excellent the quality was, uh, how in-depth the teaching was, and how wide the reach was. Uh, these videos have been going into Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, um, and, and the comments uh, were just astounding. They are reaching their home countries. Even though it's not safe for them to preach the gospel in their home countries, through this uh, broadcast ministry, they can reach their people. One of the reasons we start to do uh, shooting video, uh, because I become a, a believer by seeing this. One of the things that impressed us the most was the response that uh, Javad and Murdad was, are getting from these videos. Uh, the, the comment sections uh, they are just lighting up every time they send in a video. The number of views are amazing. As far as we know, they're one of the only groups that are sending uh, gospel broadcasts into places like Iraq, Afghanistan, and Iran. Uh, some of the most dangerous places to, to preach the gospel, and they're doing it and doing it effectively. This has been such an impactful trip. You know, to see one of the things that, that impacted me the most is Sunday morning when we were at church. Uh, Javad, who had just come back from a, a missionary trip to the Netherlands, he showed some pictures of him meeting with some, some other refugees who are, now, um, who are now discipling people in the Netherlands. And one of the first things Larry ever told me when we first met him, he first started talking about Athens, he said, you know, one day, it's my hope, and it's a real possibility, that former Muslim refugees will be the ones who disciple and evangelize to Europe. And when I saw that picture of Javad studying with a, a group in the Netherlands, I said, there it is, it's happening. Uh, my hope is that is this, that uh, people hearing the gospel, and they understand who is Jesus is because uh, really uh, it's a lot of Muslim in the country sometimes it's hard and when the town the people and our, our goal is to make a disciple who can make a disciples and even the leaders they can go back and teach their family talk about uh, Jesus to their family and because someday will believe Iran will be free and the gospel will go there and through everywhere and they cannot send Jesus and Jesus will be the center of Iran and Afghanistan. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Larry Bowles is in the house this morning. So many, many of you know Larry and Kathy. Uh, they are family. 
Uh, I know their home church is in Muskogee, Oklahoma, but this is we like to think of this as a second home. We're, right? we're members here, even though we only show up once a year. But you've got other members that do that, That's so true. it's okay. That's yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, but we, we wanted to take some time. Larry's going to be teaching our Bible class, which, by the way, will be all combined together in here, so you don't even have to move. Um, but we wanted to take a little bit of time. In the video, we talked about the Acro Center, mm-hmm. which you started. Um, and and there was, you, you saw a need for teaching in depth. It wasn't just about, you know, obviously the gospel is of first importance. Right. But you saw a deeper need. Why did you see a need for the Acro Center to be started? When, when these guys come out of Islam, uh, you'll, you'll never meet a Muslim who does not know who Jesus is. But the issue is who he is. And, and so in Mark chapter 8 and verse 29, Jesus asked a question that rings really across the fabric of all humanity for all time. It is the hallmark, foundation, bedrock issue. Who do you say that I am? And he asked his disciples, who are people saying? Well, some people say you're just a prophet. Well, there's 1.5 billion Muslims in the world who believe that. And so what it became apparent is that the deity of Christ is the paramount issue. And as we did evangelism beginning in 2012, 2013, we'd have people come to Christ. uh, And there was very little time because of this tsunami of programming and need and food and clothes and all of that. And, And nobody was really taking the time to do discipleship. And we had people come to Christ. They get to Germany and there's the Jehovah's Witnesses and they're set up and we look just like them. They're doing the same thing. If we're not clear on who Jesus is. So Kathy and I set ourselves apart for one purpose. To do discipleship. And so when, when Ryan asked me to come and Robert asked me to come, <clears throat> he said, now we're going to kind of do a thing here in worship. But then in class, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I said, well, one time I was downtown Tulsa and I'm walking by and I see a homeless guy on a bench And he has got a guitar that he's found in a dumpster, and it has one string on it, and he's got a sign out, and it says, Taking Request. And he's really loud, and he's like, I can play any song. Just name a song, call out a song, and I'll play that song. And he had one little made-up song, and somebody came up, and they said, Free Bird! And he said, Okay, here it comes. And he played his little song. And it was the same song. And somebody said, respect, Aretha Franklin. Okay, I got that. And he played that one little song on one. He'd move his fingers all over, but it's just ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a one-string guitar. I'm just like that guy. The deity of Christ is the thing that I do. Ask me to speak on any subject, and it will all trace back down to that one issue. Is he God in the flesh? Or is he God Jr.? You know, when, when, you ask, when you ask somebody to come speak at your church and you say, uh, you can talk about anything you want, you know, the elders kind of get nervous, you know, like, hey, easy on that. But we know Larry, we know Larry very well. We know about that one string banjo that he plays. And that, that's, that's it. It's all about Jesus. And what I love about the Acro Center is there's different levels, right? So you've got a beginning level where people are coming in just with some really, with no knowledge whatsoever. In right. fact... They, even to hold a Bible 
would be exactly. punishable, correct? So it, when a Muslim comes to Christ, you have to understand that in Afghanistan, Iran, in, in any of these Muslim countries, to leave Islam is punishable by death. If we're from Afghanistan and you leave Islam and embrace Christ, there's a picture of you being baptized. I can come to your house and kill you and the police won't come. I'm doing a service to God, just like Jesus said. There's a day coming when people will kill you and think they're doing a service to God. And so when someone comes to Christ, it puts a bull's eye on them so big And this is Matthew 10. Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace. That's what everybody wants is peace. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring that. I came to bring division. I will turn a father against a son and a mother against a daughter. I'm going to divide families over this issue. This one question, who do you say that I am? And so they are immediately inundated by everybody they know. So here, Missy, I'm going to come and ask you to step up here and I'm going to ask you to tell these people in five minutes why you believe Jesus is God. And everybody in this room would want to kill you and you're going to defend your faith. That's what every one of these guys is thrown into. I did stitches, sutures on on every one of them got beat up. And what they're doing is not defending themselves. They're defending their faith. Why do you believe that Jesus is God? That's what this class is going to be about. I just I developed the curriculum based on the questions that they needed to survive in that environment in a Muslim refugee camp and talk about who Jesus is. Not from your opinion. I want to know. Show me from Scripture. Does does the Bible clearly state that Jesus is God? That's what this class is about. One of the neat things about uh, what Larry's talking about, if you've got to defend your faith, you saw in our video uh, about Javad, Murdad, and Aram, who are producing gospel video broadcasts. They're putting it on YouTube, they're putting it on Facebook, and they're getting it in their home countries. Where it's, it's dangerous, it's like their life is at stake, and yet they're putting out these videos. Well, a lot of you guys are familiar with world radio, Correct. Right, World Radio was started here over 55 years ago. World Radio is ministry of this church. It's a part of one kingdom. World Radio is as big as it's ever been. But what's cool now is World Radio, it takes a different look now because World Radio is happening in Athens through these gospel videos. World Radio doesn't have to necessarily be radio. It's just about reaching every nation in every language. And that's happening today in the Middle East. So I, I want you guys to stay for class. You're going to get a taste of the Acro Center right here in class. It's going to be super exciting. Uh, Larry is teaching on the deity of Christ, uh, and, and um, uh, you guys are going to be re- really, really blessed by being here. Uh, but what we want to do now is we want to, we want to take a moment and, and, and have our family time. You know, our goal here, like we said, is to make disciples. And like we were talking about earlier, when, when has Jesus, is Jesus asking you that question, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want gain for you? Do you want healing? Do you want blessings? Do you want rescue? Well, you've got to know Jesus first. You've got to know who he is. You've got to know who you are in his eyes. So if you have a need, if, you, if you're struggling with that question today for any reason, why don't you come down? We're going to sing a song, and we'll have our family time. <clears throat>